The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And that's that must be the new version of the pointless song. <laughs> I like it, David. I like it. Uh, you know, it was funny. I was talking to the uh, the drummer, the previous drummer to the band Pointless the other day, and uh, we are desperately trying to figure out how we can get back together and start playing. So when we do maybe some live events, maybe we'll do some America's Web Radio on point with Victor on the road at some point. That we can bring a, a reunion maybe. And actually, the guitarist for Pointless was in my house a few days ago uh, from L.A. He was visiting here, uh, Georgia and uh, in Atlanta, and we got to hang out a little bit. And, man, wouldn't it be nice if we could have a reunion? And, and if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, well, I would like to tell you to look up the band Pointless, but I don't know if you can find us anywhere. <laughs> we, You know, back when we were a band, we didn't really have all the posting abilities and everything. So maybe maybe I'll, uh, I'll get... Uh, guitarist greg to uh he's a computer guru so maybe i'll get him to put some of our music up online so other so new young listeners can enjoy the old music of pointless and we actually had a demo tape it was great it was great so all right you didn't tune in to hear about my old band days i'm sure but i'll tell you this now this is probably this will make some of the democrats run to their cry closet i was in another band so pointless was just one band that i was in i was also in a band called stingray and then and then after that i was in a band called blender kitten that's the one that got people really upset which was quite funny we didn't do anything to cats. We were just called Blender Kitten. But uh, anyway, all right, let's move on. This is Victor Armendariz. This is the On Point with Victor show. This is America's Web Radio Station. And so glad you guys could tune in. We've got um, a lot to get to today. I, I, I Listen, I told you guys not that long ago that the Democrats were going to go into a sheer panic. Because their their one issue, their one trick pony abortion wasn't going to save them this time. Listen, if we had, and I told you guys this also, if we were sitting in a good economy, if we were sitting in a, an economy that was, it wouldn't even have to be a great economy. If it were just a decent economy, if, if, if people weren't hurting so bad, if gas wasn't so high, if inflation wasn't so high, if, if, if we just had a mediocre economy, then I would say, yes, abortion would probably mitigate the, the, the losses that are coming for the Democrats. But I told you months ago that that wasn't going to be the case because it's always, always the economy. It's always just like James Carville said in the 90s. It's the economy, stupid. Uh, well, he he says it more with the uh, man. How did he has that that Louisiana? Uh, I, 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 it's it's an economy. Uh, it's an economy, stupid. And, you know, something like that. But you remember, Bill Clinton won an election running around the campaign trail going, uh, is the economy stupid? Uh, you know, uh, uh, if the economy ain't good, then, then you got to vote for Bill Clinton. And he basically won an election that way. And I, and I told you guys, I told you, told you, told you, and, and, and I'm not trying to give myself an I told you so because, hey, we have not made it to the elections yet. We've got two weeks to go, two weeks from today. And, and I, look, all of the, the indicators are pointing to a huge Republican win. But we won't get that win if you don't get off your butt and vote. So the first thing I want to tell everyone, that is from our flagship station here in Atlanta, Georgia, to the all of our listeners in Florida, all the way up to New York, all the way over to, uh, my goodness, Wyoming, Montana, 
to California and down to Texas and everywhere in between. Because the reach of the On Point Victor show, is, it amazes me every time I hear from listeners from different states. Uh, we have a big reach. And my message to all of you in every state across this country, in every state across this country, you have to vote. And even if you, if you want to go early vote, go do it. Listen, if I, you know how my feelings are about early voting. I don't really like it. I think we should have voting day, not voting season. But most states will offer early voting. And I'm not opposed to, say, a, a couple of days early voting because there are some people who will be out of town during the election week or the election day. Um, I'm, I myself will be out of town on November 8th. So I will be voting this this week. I'm probably going to go on Friday. So don't be afraid to go early vote if you have to. Because when you go vote in person, even in early voting, you can rest assured that vote's going to be pretty pretty safe. You can you go into the poll, you make sure you verify that your printed ballot is the act is the 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 choices you made. Make sure that computer screen matches with the choices you made. However, it is the voting goes in your state. You go in in person and you make sure that your ballot is exactly how you punched to whatever holes you chose punched or or buttons you pushed, whatever it is. You make sure verify that you're you got the the you, you voted how you wanted to vote and that that vote gets processed uh you're you're pretty safe doing early voting in person i would stay away from mail mail-in voting now if you have to do an absentee ballot if you have to do it then do it but if you can go in person do it even if you go early uh because listen life happens life happens I understand wanting to vote on voting day. Uh, most Republicans and Libertarians and Independents, they like to vote on voting day. I understand that because I do too. But life happens. Now, you voting day may roll around and you may get sick. You may have a car accident. You just don't know. Maybe where you are doesn't, doesn't understand that uh, climate change is happening and you might be under a foot of snow. You just don't know what's going to happen on voting day. So make it easy for yourself. If if you are not willing to wake up on voting day and go through heaven and hell to get to the voting polls, then you go vote early. Do whatever you need to do. Make it as easy for yourself as you can. But it, it, now, again, if you are one of those people, uh, like I am, that nothing in the world is going to stop you from voting on voting day, then go do it. I mean, unless you're out of town, then go vote early. But if you're not one of those people who can look at your in the mirror and say, I will vote on November 8th no matter what life throws at me. If you can't do that, then go vote early. Go vote early. Because the only way this 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 red wave and, and you know I don't even really want to talk about it that way, but the only way that the Republicans can win big like they're being projected of winning – is if we actually go vote. Every pundit in the world can sit and tell you what they think. I can sit here and tell you what I think. I've been sitting here and telling you the Republicans are going to win and they're going to win big. I was saying that even when the Democrats and even when some of my own friends were telling me, oh, Victor, this abortion thing, this abortion thing, it's waking up Democrats, it's waking up Democrats. Oh, it's energizing Democrats. And I kept telling you it won't hold. It won't hold because what people will care about in the end is how much money they are hemorrhaging from their bank accounts, from their retirement accounts, from their savings. That's what's going to be. That will be what matters. And that's what looks like is panning out, folks. We have two weeks to go. By the way. uh, Yeah, David. You know, if you can't get to the poll to vote. I'm sure there's a Democrat waiting outside your door that'd be glad to help you. To help you? I'm sure they would. 
<laughs> hey, listen, if you, David's a good point because you're going to have, have ballot harvesting, unfortunately, and you're going to have Democrats running around banging on doors trying to get you to fill out a ballot. Listen, if a Democrat comes over, you take the ballot and then tell them you will take it from there. Do not fill out a ballot and give it back to a Democrat operative. Do not do that because they will come to your house and they will give you a ballot, say, fill it out. We'll help you. And then they'll take that ballot back and say, we will turn it in for you. Do not allow them to do that. And that's the trick. Of and that is the trick. Treat. That is the trick or trick or treat. That's right. They're just about a week or two uh, late. Uh, but no, that's absolutely right, David. So that's a very good point. So, so ladies and gentlemen, trust me when I tell you, if a Democrat comes knocking on your door, trying to take your ballot so they can turn it in for you, telling you you don't need to, to walk outside, whatever, don't do it. You find a family member that can help you get to the polls. You find a family member that can help you put your absentee ballot in the mail if you need to. Do not let a political hack, especially Democrat operative, come to your door and take your ballot. Do not give your ballot to anyone. Do not. Uh, that's why I want you to go vote in early in person if you can't go uh, vote on voting day. And uh, but that, but what, like I, I but I'm telling you, what I was telling you months ago was the Democrats' little abortion issue isn't going to hold, and the Republicans are going to win big. And now I, it looks that I am going to be right. All the indicators right now show that the Republicans are going to win huge. The Republicans, ladies and gentlemen, how do I know this? How do we know this? Look to the areas where the Republicans have not been competitive in more than 30 years. And one of the biggest places to look is Rhode Island. Rhode Island hasn't sent a Republican congressperson, woman, man, whatever. They have not sent a congressperson to the Washington, to Washington, in over 30 years, and they're about to do it. They're about to elect a Republican. Now, if Rhode Island is having to fight a Republican because the race is neck and neck, then you can imagine what's going on with the rest of the country. But again, the only way that these indicators will come to fruition is if you go vote. You cannot sit back and go, oh, gosh, I'm really tired on election day. I'm really, really tired. Oh, those other Republicans got it. Oh, my friends got it. Oh, my family's got it. Oh, everybody else will vote. I just won't do it. Because if you do that and then 10 people do it and then 10 more do it and 10 more do it, you will hand a a, a small victory to Democrats. And we cannot afford to do that. There's too much at peril. So you must go vote. You must go vote and please tell your family members to vote. Now, if you have somebody that's voting Democrat, you tell them the Democrats vote on Wednesdays. You just tell them that the Democrats vote on Wednesdays. That's November 9th. <laughs> and then you can blame me when you get yelled at. So look, listen, I am 100% serious here. The, the, we just have to make sure we go vote. I cannot stress it enough. And if you're here in Georgia, if you're here in Georgia, you've seen wall to wall to wall commercials of Stacey Abrams. And and all she's doing now, all she can do is try and convince you that that Kemp is so bad for some reason that you can't. She knows you're not going to vote for her. And she's doing what Warnock is doing. Warnock is doing the same thing. Warnock in Georgia is running ads now attacking, attacking, attacking Herschel Walker and attacking the Republican voter and the independent voter and the libertarian voter. The Democrats are starting to do this actually across the nation. But Warnock and Stacey, they're probably setting the lead for the Democrats on using this strategy. And what they're doing is they're here in Georgia running ad wall to wall ad nauseum, trying to convince Republican voters in Georgia that we know you're not going to vote for us, 
but your candidate is so bad, you shouldn't vote for him. You're too good of a person to vote for that person. You're too, they're actually telling, trying to convince Republican voters in Georgia, oh, you're just, you're, you have a moral high ground, you can't vote for Herschel. That is hogwash. That is poppycock. That is ridiculous. What matters, let me ask you something, and, and if there are some voters around this country, especially in Georgia, that are on the fence thinking of their, that they can't vote for Herschel or you can't vote for Kemp, you need to ask yourself, do you want to put up with more higher infl- high inflation? Do you want to put up with higher gas prices? Do you want to put up with food prices through the roof? Do you want to put up with hemorrhaging 401ks, hemorrhaging uh, money from your savings? Do you want to put up with that? Because that's what you're going to get. Because if you don't vote for the Republican candidate, then you're helping the Democrat candidate. And this goes for my libertarian friends, too. You know, if you've listened to me, you've listened to me for a while, you know that I consider myself a conservatarian. I like the libertarians. I I would love it if I could sit here today and tell you that the libertarian party was a party that 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 could actually make a difference. But right now, the Libertarian Party is only going to hinder us getting away from the Democrats. Now, I can sit here and honestly tell you, you guys know I have voted for Libertarians before. I I, I would love for the Libertarian Party to be a, a better party. But until we change things in the Libertarian Party, um, I don't know if it's going to get there. But what we can do is we can change the Republican Party. The Republican Party has the apparatus right now to beat the Democrats. And if, and I'm just, I'm sorry to say, I have some friends that are running as libertarians, but I cannot support a libertarian t- candidate because I will not take a chance on helping the likes of Stacey Abrams or the likes of Warnock. I can't do it. And I trust me out there. Trust me when I tell you, you can, you can, you know, you can take it from on point with Victor. You can take it from me. You know how I feel about some establishment Republicans. I make no, no secret how I feel about some establishment Republicans. But right now, the Republican Party is the party that we have to fight with. Right, right now, listen, if you had, if you were bearing down, uh, 15 criminals that were trying to break into your house and they had knives, they had bats, they had shovels, they had pistols, they had whatever. If there were 15 of them trying to get in your house, you're not going to reach for your pocket knife. You're going to reach for your AR-15. You're going to reach for the baddest, most high capacity magazine, uh, rifle that you can find. And that's how we have to treat this election. No, I'm not advocating uh, violence. Media matters because I just sent probably all of them to their cry closet. But this is how you have to approach this election. When you right now, when we're dealing with the inflation that we're dealing with, when we're dealing with open borders that we're dealing with, when we're dealing with the high gas prices and they're going up, folks, gas prices are going up. And and when you wait and see what's going to happen after November. And after January, they're going up. Food is still going up. Inflation is still a problem. Month to month, inflation is over 8%. And that's just the cooked number. The real number is probably over 10%. And folks, this is the battle that we're in right now. Now, we'll go to a break here, but when we come back, oh, I got lots more to get to you. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is the On Point with Victor Show. Stacey Abrams says yes to defund the police as crime is on the rise in Georgia. This November, say no to Stacey Abrams and cast your vote for Brian Kemp.
If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Stacey Abrams wants to be our next governor, but listen to what she had to say about Georgia. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. Abrams will destroy Georgia with her socialist policies. Vote for Brian Kemp. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And folks, welcome back. This is the America's Web Radio station, and uh, I am Victor Armand. There is, and this is the All Point with Victor Show. And listen, I want to thank uh, all you listeners out there from coast to coast. Again, I, it's amazing the reach of uh, America's Web Radio, folks. We have people in Mexico that listen to us. It's this is great. And as always, remember: if you can't listen live, you can you can find me. You can find On Point with Victor Show on Spotify. You can find it on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find it just about any podcast. You can download the America's Web Radio app. Uh, it's something that all of you should do anyway. If you haven't done it already, get the America's Web Radio app, and you can listen anytime, uh, live or uh, old shows. All the shows are archived. Every show I do is archived at America's Web Radio. You can listen whenever your little heart desires, and you can make your lib friends listen to it. Make your lib friends listen to it <laughs> if you want to send them all to a, uh, you know, if you want, if you've got a group of liberal friends, progressive friends, and you want to get all their panties in a wad all at one time, put them in a room and turn on On Point with Victor, and don't let them out until they listen to it. <laughs> so, uh, but all right, uh, so but do that, do that for me, folks. Download the America's Web Radio app and uh, or find me on Spotify. Subscribe, follow me at uh, Apple Podcast or TuneIn Podcast, and just about any podcast you can find this show. And uh, also, while you're at it. Visit America's Web Radio and become a, uh, a, a uh, patron because we can't do this for free. So uh, we would like to, but we can't. And uh, the more of you guys listen to me, the more expensive I get. So we need to help out America's Web Radio. So, uh, but listen, yeah, become a patron. Uh, you can donate anything: five dollars, ten dollars, twenty more, a hundred grand. You can, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it all. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, please. And if you've got a business out there, listen. If you've got a business out there, we've got quite the reach here at America's Web Radio, and we've got quite the deals. I mean, we we can basically get you uh, the state advertising in the state of Georgia, national advertising because of the reach of this show, but you're not going to pay national advertising rates. We will give you a really good deal. So if you've got a business and you want to be mentioned on America's Web Radio, be a sponsor of the On Point with Victor show or any other show, um, you can do so. Please, you can email gm at americaswebradio.com, gm at americaswebradio.com. You can email me, victor at americaswebradio.com, victor at americaswebradio.com. Uh, you can also hit up producer Brett. Let's not leave him out. It's brett at americaswebradio.com, brett at americaswebradio.com. Send him some hockey pictures. He'll love it. Actually, send him some soccer pictures, <laughs> and then he'll kill me. Uh, but all right, folks, let me get now – I don't know if you've heard, but there was a shooting yesterday, and um, you know every one of these is, is a tragic, it's awful. But there was a shooting in St. Louis, and uh, thank God the police did not hesitate. 
Now, this is a prime example to see the difference of when a police, when police arrive on the scene and without hesitation, they go where the gunfire is. And this is another reason why I said it last week on the Eric Erickson show when I filled in for Eric that if you see a police officer, you need to go shake his hand or her hand and thank them. You need to do this every time you see a police officer, man or woman, shake their hand, thank them. Because let me tell you, ask yourself, if there was a guy with a with a gun and he's firing away, do you have the guts to run towards that gunfire and put a stop to it so you can save lives? Because that's what these police officers did in St. Louis. And, and what a difference, because within minutes... Within minutes that these police officers arrived at that school, within seconds they entered the they entered the school. Within seconds they confronted, and then within minutes they had killed this intruder, and they saved lives. Now, unfortunately, three people were dead already. Now that gunman was able to kill three people. Now let me ask you this, because this is a question everyone should ask yourself, and and there's nothing wrong with asking this question. What if? What if one teacher, one trained teacher had a firearm in that, in that school? And what if the classroom that this, that this awful evil gunman, this, this 19 year old gunman, when he barged into the first classroom, what if that teacher had had a gun and was able to stop that, put, put that gunman right into his uh, celestial dirt nap? What if they had been able to do that? What if there was somebody on that school premises? Now, I I heard, I've read that they had security guards. I don't know if they were armed. What good is a security guard in a school if they're not armed? Now, again, I don't know if they were armed. All I know is from what I've read, it, it was the police officers who arrived at the school, immediately went into the school, confronted the shooter, and, and ended him. So my question is, and the question should be, if there were security guards on the premises, why weren't they armed? And if there were a teacher in that school that was armed, what maybe three lives would have been saved? These are questions that need to be asked, folks. They need to be asked. If you cannot tell me that we can't have trained people. Now, I'm not saying that you force teachers to carry guns because, unfortunately, a lot of teachers are progressive libtards and they have no business owning a gun. So, uh, But there are good people. There are good teachers. And I am sure that there's probably a coach in every school that doesn't have a problem. He might be a closet conservative, but I'll bet you that they can find somebody, make sure they're trained, have a gun. No one needs to know they have a gun except maybe the principal and that teacher. But lives could be saved. As long as we're going to have these these evil, evil people, and trust me, evil people will do evil things no matter what instrument of evil they use. It might be a gun. It might be a bat. It might be a knife. It might be – you just don't know. The, the issue is not the weapon of their choice. The issue is the fact that there are evil people out there who are willing to do evil things. And and you can't get any more evil than somebody that makes a conscious decision to go kill children. That's pretty freaking evil. So I don't care what, what government policy hack politician comes out there and tries to tell you they're going to do something to, about guns. That's not the issue. The issue is the criminality. The issue is that we have evil out there. And the only way to stop evil is to stop it right in its tracks. Just like what's happening, and this is a big election issue. You know, it's not, I talk about the economy, the economy, the economy. Crime is a big issue too. 
And when you've got lunatics and cra- this kid was 19 years old, 19 years old, and he went in and, and, and tried to shoot up that school. And he had armed himself to the teeth. He had uh, lots of magazines. He could have done a lot more damage. And this, again, is where those police came in, and those police did not hesitate. Those police didn't set up a perimeter. They didn't set up outside and say, well, let's calculate what we need to do to go. No, they went in. The police immediately arrived at that St. Louis school. They went in, and they took out that shooter. They stopped him in his tracks, and they saved lives, and they need to be commended for it. Now, here's the other thing. I don't want to make this political, but the Democrats can't help themselves. So you've got to ask yourself, how fast is this shooting that happened yesterday getting off the the airwaves? How come this isn't the lead story today? Ask yourself. I'm not going to get into this too much, but ask yourself. If you're not seeing wall-to-wall coverage of this shooting today, you need to ask yourself why. And could it be, could it be that this shooter doesn't fit the media and Democrat narrative that they've created out there to try and push their anti-gun agenda? Could it be that you're not hearing about this shooting wall-to-wall today? Could it be that it's not 24-7 being shoved down your throats today? There's not a face, the shooter's face. To my knowledge, I haven't seen the shooter's face being plastered anywhere. Could it be because the media wants the story to go away because it doesn't fit their narrative? That is a question again. We're Americans. We can ask whatever questions we want. We do have the First Amendment, despite what the Democrats will tell you, despite what the progressive whack jobs in Washington will tell you. These are questions that need to be asked. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Ask the question. If you're not seeing a lot of the, the lot of stories about this shooting and you're not seeing the face of the shooter plastered around everywhere and you're not seeing the Democrats uh, rolling over themselves uh, about this shooting – You need to ask yourself, why is that? Could it be? Could it be that this shooter doesn't fit the Democrat or media narrative of a shooter and they can't use it? So you got to ask yourself that, folks. So listen, again, a big, 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 big kudos to those police officers because those police officers did an amazing, amazing job. They, without hesitation, they ran towards the gunfire. Listen, folks, I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you what a decision it is for a human being to make that they're going to run towards gunfire. I, I don't know how to put it in words. I don't know how to explain. I can't make you feel how that feels because unless you're in that situation, you just don't know. And, and, and again, I can't clarify this as any more clear. Until you're in the situation, you really don't know how you're going to react. The only thing you can do is train, train, and more train. Training, training, training. Because with, with constant training, your body, your actions become second nature. And, and that's what happens. Your body will take over. But still, even for some of the most trained people, you just don't know how you're going to react until the situation happens, until you're in the situation. And listen, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I can tell you a little story. And, I, and here, I, I think I got enough time here, and I'll tell you this story. When I was 19 years old, I had an event that happened that changed my life forever, forever. I was 19 years old. I was a punk kid um, that, that was uh, in college, didn't really want to be there. I thought I knew everything, thought I had all the answers, thought I knew more than all the adults. Um, I, uh, yeah, and I was, I was a, the one thing I had going for me was I, I was a 
very well-trained martial artist. I had been training in the martial arts since I was 12 years old. So I had that going for me. Uh, but I was still a punk kid at 19. I thought I knew everything, thought I had all the answers, didn't, didn't, didn't think I needed college even though I was there. Uh, because I, I, <laughs> my father would have killed me if I didn't go. Uh, but, but, but that's how I was at 19. So one night, one evening, it wasn't even night, it was evening. It was about four o'clock, five o'clock, somewhere around there. Uh, me and a buddy of mine go, uh, we decided to go see a movie. And we drove over to the theater, we parked, we walked into the theater, saw the movie and came out. Now, I, I, I don't care. I, there's, I, I don't know how to put this, but those of you who know me, I, I like to wear shorts. I can pretty much wear shorts year round and I like to work out. I play soccer. And, and at this time at 19 years old, I was pretty much always working out. I was either working out with martial arts or, or just doing my own workouts and things like that. So I wasn't wearing pants with uh, pockets or anything. I just had on shorts and a t-shirt and I had, um, what is now known to people as a gun bag, <laughs> but back then they were called fanny packs or something like that. I don't know. People make fun of them, but I didn't care because I didn't have pockets. So, but anyway, uh, so we walk out of this movie theater. We're walk. We get to the car. This car comes pulling up behind us in the park. We're, we're not even at the car. We're just getting to the car. The car's in the parking space. A guy pulls up right behind us. I'm thinking that we know this guy. I'm thinking it's a friend of ours. I mean, we're 19. We we have lots of friends everywhere. Guy jumps out of the car with a sawed-off shotgun. It immediately points it right at me. Now, I'm looking at this guy, and this is what I mean about how your body will take over. It did not really register to me that this guy was pointing a gun in my head. What I looked at was like, this guy can't be serious. So I walked towards him, and I was started talking to him. It's like, dude, what are you doing? I started, and I was actually la- smiling a little bit as if this this must be a prank. My first inclination was this must be a prank. Now my friend was on the other side of the car. I was at the passenger side getting in the passenger side. He was in the drive, he was the driver, it was his car, he was getting in the driver's side when this guy jumped out. And this guy jumped, pulled right up the back of the car. So he's at the back of the car, he's got the gun trained on me. And then I start, look, I'm start talking to him, asking him questions. And my friend looks at him and he jump and he points the gun at my friend. And then he starts waving the gun. He's going to me. He can't figure out who to train the gun on. It was at that point that I assumed he must be by himself. Must be by himself because he's going back and forth trying to train, put this gun on me, put the gun on my friend. He can't put it on both of us. So then he chooses my friend. He puts the gun on my friend and he says, he looks at me, tells me not to move, puts the gun at my friend and says, give me your money. Now, while all that was going on, I had already, as soon as this guy jumped out with a gun, I had already dropped the pack I was carrying that had my wallet and money in it. I dropped it, kicked it under the car. He wasn't going to get my stuff. And. So he's over pointing at my, the gun at my friend, telling my friend to give him his money. I look over at my friend and I said, Hey, just give him, give him 20 bucks. This guy looks at me with a gun and goes, you need to stay where you are. I'm walking. He's, he's at this point, he puts, he walks up to my friend, puts the gun at the back of his head and he says, get, give me the money. And my friend says, I don't got any money. I, I might have some money in the car. And he goes, well, open the car. So at this point, I'm walking around the car because all I wanted to do was get my hands on this guy's neck. That's all I wanted to do. And again, this is the body training taking over when I should have been going, gosh, I probably don't want to get shot. But I didn't want my friend to get shot, and I didn't want this guy to get away. What was the the the, the, the thoughts I was having was I can't let this guy get away. So I'm walking over, and I and as as I get to 
almost the passenger, the, the other side of the, the driver's side of the car. I'm at the rear panel. He jumps back, puts the gun at me, and then puts immediately puts the gun back at my friends and puts it on his head and says, if you come any closer, I'll shoot him. And so I stopped and I said, okay, look, you don't want to do that. You've already been out here for a few minutes. There's video cameras out here. There's cops that come through here. You need to make your escape. You need to get out of here now, and you don't need to make this any worse. So I just started talking to him, talking to him, talking to him. And my friend opened the car, pulled out 20 bucks, gave it to him, and the guy jumped in his car and ran. Now, did we get lucky? Maybe, maybe. Did I get lucky this guy didn't point it at me when I was trying to get to him and didn't shoot me? Maybe. But let me tell you what I learned at that point. Never again after that, never again after that moment did I go around without a gun, my own gun. I immediately after that, because look, up until I was 19, up until that happened, look, I have been told you need to be a Democrat. You need to vote Democrat. You, uh, yours brown, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's what you hear. And I was told that all the time. And, 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 and so I, I believed that and I thought, well, I got martial arts. What do I need a gun for? I was buying into that mess until that night, until that happened. And when we come back from this break, I'll tell you the rest of that story. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army with training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering. An Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Stacey Abrams wants to be our next governor, but listen to what she had to say about Georgia. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. Abrams will destroy Georgia with her socialist policies. Vote for Brian Kemp. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, folks. So apparently it was, uh, cackling Kamala Harris's birthday the other day and Biden, <laughs> Biden told happy birthday to a great president. <laughs> I guess Jill Biden didn't remind, uh, Joe Brandon, the dementia patient, that he was the president. <laughs> I bet you that every day, every day when Jill Biden is giving Joe Brandon his drugs, I'll bet you every day she has to remind him, you, you, Joe Biden, you are the president. I mean, did you see the interview the other day? Did you see the interview? This guy didn't fall asleep. I know the media is telling you he fell asleep. Watch it closely. 
Watch it closely. It looks like he has a brain freeze. It looks like he has one of those dementia moments where he lost all cognitive ability. His brain froze. And then he clicks back as soon as he can does the, he's got to get the synopsis firing again. And, uh, and then he comes to, I mean, it's this, this is a sad, sad situation. This, it really is. I, I, I do. I've told you before and I'll tell you again. I feel sorry for Joe Biden because Jill Biden and the Democrats are abusing the elderly. They're abusing the elderly. So, and this guy thinks he's going to run for president again. Um, folks, look, I've told you before. 2024 is going to be hilarious. Uh, it's going to be hilarious. Uh, the Democrats, uh, boy, let's, listen, you haven't seen anything yet. Trust me, folks. The, the Democrats are sounding the alarm. They're sounding the election alarm. They're in a sheer panic right now. They're in an absolute panic. And when November 9th comes around, you're going to see, my goodness, folks, the Democrats are going to lose their mind. And they're going to let loose the, 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 um, the, the angry mobs, the, the militant wing of the Democrat party, they will let loose. And then when we get to the, what are the Democrats going to do to get rid of Joe Biden? Because that's what they're going to do after this election. They're going to try. They're going to try so. But anyway, all right, folks. So listen, why am I telling you the story about, about being held up at 19 years old? Um, and, and luckily no one was hurt there, but let me tell you what it did. It changed my life because after that I went and I got a gun permit and I started training and it wasn't long after that, that I got recruited by, by the DEA, which is a whole nother story. I will not get into, <laughs> so, but, uh, but, but I, I, you know, I went out, got some training, went to the shooting ranges. Uh, you guys know, um, my good friend who is the host of, uh, locked and loaded, uh, I learned so much from him that I probably couldn't have learned anywhere else. And, uh, and, and just, and since then, uh, I, I don't go anywhere without a gun. I just, I just don't, I'm not afraid to say it because here's the point. Here's the point. At 19 years old, you saw the situation that I was in there with a man pointing a shotgun at me and my friends. And at, at no one in this country should be a victim of a crime and not being able to to protect themselves, protect their family, protect their property. But we have a party in this country right now known as the Democrats who are trying to tell you that you do not have a Second Amendment right, that you just don't understand the Second Amendment. You, you're reading it incorrectly, but you don't have a fundamental right spelled out very succinctly in the Constitution that gives you the right to protect yourself. The Democrat Party would have you believe that you cannot nor have the right to protect yourself. They are giving more rights to the criminal right now than they are to the American citizen. That is the Democrat Party. And that is why, probably second to the economy, crime is a huge issue. So here's the thing that's lining up for November. And this is why I'm telling you that the Democrats will not be rescued by their precious abortion issue. They will not be rescued by that in November because, and that's if you guys go vote. Everybody's got to go vote. But what's happening is when people are sitting around and they're living their lives right now, they can't live without right now having to be worried. Are they going to make it to the next paycheck? Can they put gas in the car? Can they buy enough food to put on the table? Can they buy the shoes that their kid may need? Uh, maybe they need shoes. Maybe you need, you, there are, your everyday living 
everything you do to live is costing you more. Now you've got to budget just to get by, let alone budget for your weekend uh, escapades at the bar or or whatever fun you want to go have. Uh, maybe you've got motorcycles that you ride uh, for fun on the weekends. Maybe you have a convertible uh, sports car that you drive on the weekends. Maybe you go hunting on the weekends. Maybe and you have a big old truck that you have to take hunting. But now you can't do it as much because it costs too much to put gas in those vehicles. You, you, we are at a point in this country where seventy percent of this country is living paycheck to paycheck. Folks, that does not bode well for the Democrats. That is why I am telling you, in the 90s, Bill Clinton was 100% right. It's the economy, stupid. It's the economy. And boy, let me tell you what. When you guys elect me, I'm going to go find me one of those interns, and I'm going to go talk to her about the economy. All right, I shouldn't go there. Uh, but listen, Bill Clinton was right. It was about the economy. James Carville is right. It's about the economy, and it's about the economy today. The Democrats would have you believe a few weeks ago, the Democrats actually a few weeks ago, the Democrats had convinced themselves that the that the economy was not an issue. And if you don't believe me, go look at what Nancy Pelosi said this past weekend. Nancy Pelosi was on, I'm sure it was MSNBC, but I don't, I don't know, I don't remember. But she was on a show actually saying, and actually said, Inflation is not the issue. Inflation, no, no, no. It's the cost of living, but inflation isn't the issue. Inflation is, is a global thing, so that's not, that's not what we're worried about here. She actually said that. How tone deaf are the Democrats? This is why I'm telling you folks. What's coming in November is going to be an absolute bloodbath, bloodbath for the Democrats. They're going to, they're not just going to lose in swing states. They may lose in strongly held Democrat cities. When Rhode Island is on the precipice of sending a Republican to Congress for the first time in 30 years, yeah, this is disaster for the Democrats. This is disaster coming for the Democrats. And, and you have Nancy Pelosi out there telling, trying to tell voters, this is not about inflation. It's all about inflation. Today's voter, and, and again, I have told you this before, a voter who, who, who doesn't pay attention very often, they're just told that they need to vote a certain way and they're, they need to vote Democrat. They usually do it if life is going well. If the perception that they're living is good, their life is going well, even if they're looking around going, oh, well, your life sucks, but mine is going pretty well. If the perception is their life is going well, then yeah, they would, they'll vote for, for things like abortion and they'll go vote for Democrats. But when they can't live paycheck to paycheck and they're struggling, when, when, when a voter is out there watching the dollars go away from their wallet because they're having to put it in their gas tank. When a voter is out there buying milk that cost three and four times more than it did two years ago. When a voter is out there buying ground beef and, and chicken and whatever it is at the grocery, everything at the grocery store costs more than it did two years ago. When a voter goes into the polling booth and they go and they start thinking, my goodness, I know that I hated Trump for his tweets and I was told he was racist. I had a pretty darn good life. I was living so well in 2020. I was living so well in 2020 that I felt good about throwing out orange man bad because of his mean tweets. Because that's basically what happened. But that's not the case. Right now, voters got what they wanted. They got a dementia patient to run things 
and destroy the economy. And now the economy they've destroyed, the Democrats have single-handedly destroyed the economy in a year and a half. And they think, they think they can go out and tell voters, oh, well, the other side's worse. You've actually got Democrats now, right now, their strategy for the last two weeks isn't just to try to convince you not, not to vote for the Republican. They know you're not, they know they're not going to vote Democrat. They're just going to try to get you not to vote at all. Or they're going to try to get you to vote for the Libertarian. Their other strategy is to try and convince you that if you practice democracy by voting, that somehow you're destroying democracy. Understand what the Democrats are telling you. The Democrats think you're so stupid. They think you're so dumb that they can convince you that if you go practice democracy by voting for the other party, that somehow you're destroying democracy. That is what the Democrat Party of today is trying to tell you. The Democrat Party of today is actually trying to tell you and convince you that if you practice the act of democracy, which is voting, if you go vote for the opposition party, that somehow you're killing democracy. Folks, that's coming straight from the mouth of authoritarians. And today's Democrat Party is authoritarian. And we will be right back. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. Stacey Abrams wants to be our next governor, but listen to what she had to say about Georgia. I am tired of hearing about being the best state in the country to do business when we are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. We are the worst state in the country to live. Abrams will destroy Georgia with her socialist policies. Vote for Brian Kemp. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back, folks. Welcome back. Hey, listen, just remember this, folks. I'm not angry. I'm just right. I'm just right. So, hey, listen, did you guys hear about the bakery? Another bakery, uh, apparently uh, owned by a Christian family, uh, was uh, sued in California. I think it was in Bakersville, Bakers, Bakersfield, uh, which is uh, north of L.A. by about, I don't know, an hour, two hours. Um they were sued because uh, apparently an, an alphabet soup gang went in there and, and couldn't get a custom cake. The baker refused to make a custom cake for them. And uh, this bakery just won the case. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Thank God that uh, the courts out there, they ruled by the Constitution, the First Amendment rights and freedom of religion rights that uh, this bakery is acquitted and uh, they, they're not going to be punished for not baking a custom cake. Now, all I'm going to say about this is, is let me put this into a perspective that maybe you haven't heard anywhere else. The issue is not that this alphabet soup gang walked into the bakery and was was not allowed to buy a cake. This gang could have walked into the bakery and bought whatever cake was on the rack. The, the baker would have sold them any cake they wanted that was on the rack. 
But you do not have a right, Alphabet Soup Gang. You do not have a right to go into a bakery and force them to make you a custom cake. There is a difference. There is a difference from walking into a bakery and getting something off the shelf versus going into a bakery and saying, you must make me this. Okay? Understand that. That is the fundamental difference here. You don't have a right to go into, just as you don't have a right to go into a a, a, a vegan place and demand they give you a 100% burger, ground beef burger. And, and a vegan person doesn't have a right to go into a McDonald's and demand that they get a, a, a veggie burger, a, a plant-based California avocado crap sandwich. You cannot, you don't have a right to go in and demand that you be made something from custom, a custom made cake. So that, that's the bottom line here. So, um, kudos to that bakery and I'm so glad that they were acquitted. So, and, and good, good for California. They got something right. <laughs> so, uh, alright folks, listen, I want to take a minute here and just, and, 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 and talk about what's coming. Now, for, for those of you out there, you Democrat listeners that are listening to me right now and for Media Matters and, and, and all the, uh, groups that, uh, you know, you, we just get your panties in a wad all the time. Well, I'm about to do it again because if you think, if you think January 6th was an insurrection, if you think January 6th was bad, you haven't seen anything like what you're about to see on November 9th. Now, November 8th, that's the election. That's election day. And a lot of Republicans are going to go vote, God willing. You and all your friends and family are going to get out and you're going to go vote and you're going to go vote for Republicans because you're tired of high inflation. You're tired of the out of control crime. You're tired of high food costs. You're tired of the gas prices and you're tired of open borders. So you're going to go vote Republican and the Republicans are probably going to look. They may win bigger than I think they're going to win. I think the Republicans are going to get a 30 seat advantage or so in the in the House. And I think we're going to have a at least two seat advantage in the Senate. But they may do better than that. They may do better than that. And no matter what happens, when the Republicans win on November 8th, you wait and see what the Democrats unleash on November 9th. You haven't seen, you think January, you Democrats, you've been told that January 6th was so bad. You've been told that a bunch of flag-waving, anthem-singing people were awful people on January 6th, okay? Now, I'm not talking about the few that went into the Capitol and, and whatever. But you've been told that these people were awful. You've been told that this was the worst thing. You've been told that democracy was hanging in the balance. Somehow, somehow a bunch of people who were taking pictures walking around the Capitol with no weapons, no guns, somehow they put democracy on the brink, okay? That's what the Democrats are trying to convince you. You just wait. Now, need I remind you in 2016, Hillary Clinton never conceded the election. Hillary Clinton ran around telling people that Donald Trump stole the election, and then she helped concoct one of the worst fake stories ever out put out there against a candidate, the Russia collusion story. And for four years, you were told that Russia stole the election on behalf of Donald Trump. That doesn't sound like the Democrats were were uh, uh, just were were were. Uh, able to acknowledge a free and fair election. It sounded like Hillary, Hillary Clinton and the Democrats in 2016 were uh, election deniers. You are being told right now by Democrats that you must go vote 
in two weeks, and you must vote for a Democrat because you can't vote for an election denier. Never mind that the Democrat Party, the progressive nut jobs, these people funded some of the so-called election denier Republican candidates. Yeah, you heard me right. You heard me right. I talked about this on my show a few months ago. The Democrat Democrats out there were funding some of these so-called election denier Republicans because the Democrats thought they could beat them in the general election. And now we're two weeks away from the general election, and some of these so-called election denier Republicans funded by the Democrats are about to win. They are on the precipice of winning and this is what the Democrats get for trying to meddle in Republican primaries. Now, they're going to get what's coming to them, and I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh. I can't wait to laugh at this. But understand what you're about to see. When the Democrats win, and if they win as big as it looks like they're going to win on November 8th, the Democrats are going to lose their mind. And remember, remember 2016, Hillary Clinton was an election denier. Hillary Clinton never accepted the results of being beat by Donald Trump. And neither did the Democrat Party. And and you can go back to, to all the way to 2000 when when George Bush II was elected. Now, I don't care what you think about George Bush. The, he won that election. And Al Gore ran around telling people it was stolen. The Democrats ran around, including uh, Hillary Clinton and the rest of them. And they were telling you in, from, from for eight years of George Bush, you were told he was a, a an illegitimate president. You were told he was illegitimate. You were told the election wasn't fair. You were told the Supreme Court stole the election. That's what you were told in 2000, from 2000 to 2008. So not until a Democrat was elected in 2008 and Barack Obama, oh, then all of a sudden election good again. And then in 20, in 2012, Obama won again. Oh, elections are fine. But somehow in 2016, when Donald Trump, when the American people got tired, the electorate got tired of, 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 of the bad economy that Obama put us in, they elected President Donald J. Trump in 2016. And all of a sudden, the elections weren't viable anymore. All of a sudden, the election deniers were once again the Democrat Party. And then 2020, they were able to win it back. And, uh, and look, this is where I will deviate a little from Donald Trump. I really want Donald Trump to stop saying the election was stolen. Look, I know there were shenanigans. I know there were fraudulent votes. But the Republicans don't need to act like Democrats. Donald Trump doesn't need to act like Hillary. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I support Donald Trump. Um, if he runs again, I'll be right there with him. But I don't want him to talk about election, the elections in 2020. I want to go forward. Let's talk about how we're going to fix the mess that Joe Biden and the Democrats have put us in. That's the, that's the path forward in 2024. But I just want to point out if, if Donald Trump is going to be called an election denier and if Donald Trump supporters, if we are all going to be called election deniers, then what do you call Hillary Clinton in 2016? What do you call the Democrat parties in 2000 when they said for eight years, they said Bush was, was a, an un- illegitimate president. And then for four years of Donald Trump, he was told, we were told that we were election denied, that, that, I'm sorry, that we stole the election. The election was stolen. That's what we were told. The election was stolen. And then in 2020, we, we are called election deniers because we had the audacity to question the election. Look, there's nothing wrong with questioning the election. I don't want to run around and say it was stolen and, and rehash 2020, but there's nothing wrong with questioning elections. There's nothing wrong with states, the state governments, making sure that there are strong and safe elections because that's what we need. We need 
verifiably safe and, and honest elections, and that's going to be up to the states. And look, most of them have done a good thing since 2020. Most of them have are, are making uh, taking actions to make sure that the elections are going to be fair and they're going to be safe. And that needs to happen, and thank goodness that's happening across the country. But I want you guys to remember, I just want to rem- you to remember all the Democrats that said George Bush was illegitimate and all the Democrats that said that call any Trump supporter, any Republican now. Now you don't have to just be a, a Trump supporter. If you are voting Republican, the, the Democrat Party is telling you you're an election denier. Now I want you to remember all this because when the when the Republicans win on November 9th and they're going to win because of the economy, they're going to win because of crime, they're going to win because of open borders, they're going to win because of gas prices, they're going to win because of inflation. So when the Republicans win big on November 8th, I want you to pay attention to what happens on November 9th. Because the Democrat Party is going to tell you the election was stolen. They're going to tell you the election was illegitimate. They're going to tell you that, that 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 this election was not honest. They're going to tell you that democracy is doomed. They're going to tell you that democracy was destroyed. And that kind of rhetoric is going to be their signals to their militant wing of the Democrat Party, which is Antifa and BLM and the rest of those rioters. And, the, and you haven't seen anything. If you think January 6th was a riot, you wait to what you're about to witness coming from the Democrat voters when they lose on November 8th. Do I need to remind you of the over 500 riots that took place in 2020? The rioting, the looting, those were Democrat voters. And what you're about to see, and I just want you to understand, I want you to look at your Democrat friends. If you still have sycophant friends or you know sycophant co-workers who are still voting for Democrats, and they tell you you're an election denier, I want you to remind them all the things that they've accused you of because everything they have accused the Republicans of, everything they're accusing we the voters of, they're about to do. And it's going to start on November 9th because when they lose on November 8th, they're going to lose the House and they're going to lose control of the Senate. When they lose those two controls, when they lose control of the House and they lose control of the Senate – They're going to lose their ever-loving minds. These people have convinced themselves that they could never lose another election. These people have convinced themselves that that the American people were on their side. These people convinced themselves that the American people cared about a trumped up January 6th case and that they weren't concerned with inflation. They weren't concerned that you're not concerned with gas prices. You're not concerned with crime. That's what the Democrats think. And they're going to lose their minds. And I want you to remember, folks, you remember what I'm telling you here on On Point with Victor today. All right, folks, that's all we've got time for today. Stay tuned for Locked and Loaded. That's up next. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.